Welcome back to Performer Talks. Before we jump into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about Performing Arts Mag. Performing Arts Mag is a completely free online magazine specifically designed to help performers and performing arts-based businesses. Performing Arts Mag provides engaging, relevant and insightful content on the industry from leading professionals in the business. And like I say, it's all completely free and there to help make our industry more accessible for everyone. To download any of our free monthly editions, just head to the link in our show notes. And don't forget to check out Performing Arts Mag's website to keep up to date with all the latest theatre, film and TV news. A massive thank you for listening to our show. Don't forget, if you love this episode, please leave a review on Spotify or iTunes. Let's get on with today's episode. Today I am delighted to be joined by the extremely talented Vicky Mansa, who is a musical theatre actress, singer and songwriter. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on our show. Wow, thank you for having me. Very, very kind of you to ask. I am loving that you're here. I'm so excited. For anyone who doesn't know what you do and get up to, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what your day-to-day looks like? Yeah, so um, like you said, I'm a musical theatre actress. I'm currently on a UK tour with Rock of Ages. Um, I play a character called Regina in that, so that is very fun. I've previously done um, Six and Bat Out of Hell and Beautiful, the Carol King musical, um, and Sunny Afternoon, which was the Kinks musical, so they've all been really fun. Um, but yeah, I'm also a singer-songwriter, I'm a country music artist, so... Um, I write all my own music and and release that, which is uh, which is fun, keeps me busy. Absolutely, and I wanted to ask you as well because you've got like this musical theatre background, but you've also got your singer songwriter music background. How does that like relationship work? Do you feel like some of the skills from each thing help each other? Oh my goodness, yeah, a hundred percent. So um, definitely, <clears throat> it's definitely there's a difference because when you're performing your own music you have no character to hide behind so um that's probably the biggest difference but performance wise you're still drawing upon those skills um to perform in front of an audience to keep them engaged all of that kind of stuff and also i mean as as we're going through the years of uh of my career um self-promotion in musical theatre has become more and more and so that has held me in very good stead for my own stuff because you have to you have to be your biggest champion sounds horrible and weird but like you do because if you don't do it then then nobody you know nobody's doing it for you so self-promotion and social media and all that kind of stuff the two really do the two worlds really do collide Absolutely. And I love that you've mentioned that because it is such a big change that's kind of happening more and more. And it's so true. You have to promote yourself all the time. Yeah, it's a job in itself. It really is to try and keep people engaged in what you're doing. Um, And it's just it's mental. Like you find yourself watching your your social media insights and how it's all going and that one day you lose 40 people and you're like what did I do why do these people hate me now there's 
just it's um it's crazy it's crazy and you can get really obsessed with it which is not so healthy but yeah it's like a full-time job trying to keep on top of the old socials yeah absolutely I feel like there's so many jobs that people don't realize performers actually have to do self-promotion just being one of them but like you have to be your own accountant you have to (laughs) there's like a million and one jobs that people don't even think about when they enter this career so I do find it quite funny um but I wanted to talk to you about the fact that you've had such a successful career I mean West End shows UK tours you've booked so many wonderful jobs for you, has there been a moment where you felt like this is it? This is my breakthrough moment. This is my role. This is what I, I everything that I've come to do. Oh, that is very, very kind of you to say. Yeah, um, I've been very lucky. I have been very, very lucky. Um, for me, my the highlight of my career, and I think will always be the highlight of my career. I don't know how I'm going to top it musical theatre-wise, is when I played Carol King uh, in the West End. And I had one day written into my contract as second cover, and it was the most incredible night of my life. I, I mean, I think I was only 22, 23 at the time. Um, and, I mean, it's just such a massive role. And also, it's just one of those parts that, I mean, it's so huge, but <clears throat> musical theatre-wise, Carol King's stuff just sits very, very nicely in my brain. Like, that music-wise, that is what I love, and the sound that I love. So, you know, you're not, you're not going there to absolutely, like, belt musical theatre-style songs. You're, you're there to just love and enjoy the music and be really passionate about that and that was just incredible so then to relive that on the tour as well that was very um that was really cool and I got to play her a a few more times but obviously that was cut short because of covid so yeah that was a shame and now the show has gone in a completely different direction and they use actor musos and obviously I do play guitar but Carol King's primary instrument is piano so I feel like I'm never going to get to do her again which is such a shame but yeah for me definitely that was the that was the oh my goodness I can't believe I'm doing this I loved it I absolutely loved it oh that's incredible so I'd love to ask you about the process before you even book the job you hear you've got a West End audition. Now, many of our listeners will maybe be attending open calls or get a call from their agent. What happens in that moment? And how, how do you prepare for something like a West End or a UK tour audition? Um, <clears throat> it's a good question. I um, My main advice for people would be to literally just enjoy it. That is, that's, it's the worst feeling when you come out of an audition and you go, I just, well, I, I didn't do my best because nerves got the better of me and this, and it happens to everyone. It really does. Like I've had so many auditions where I come out and I'm like, well, I ruined it. I ruined it. Um, because the pressure of knowing what it's for gets too much. And actually, like the way that I like to prepare now is to 
not over prepare if that makes sense like I, I I get it and I get excited by it and I'm like yeah great and I want to know my stuff to the best of my ability but I'm not going to be unrealistic about it I'm not going to spend you know six hours drilling 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 the same song if I don't have six hours to do it up in the amount of time that I have in my day to do it, I will work on it. I will get it to the best that it can be. And if I'm right, they will want to work with me. And it won't matter if I get some of the words wrong or whatever, because it's not a memory test. Um, and if I'm not right, then great. I know I've, I've, I've done what I needed to do. You know, I'll never go into an audition thinking like, oh, well, that's it. I, I, I can't be bothered to learn it or whatever. I'm not saying that. Like, I want to go in and I want to know my stuff, but I don't want to stress myself out about it to the point where my brain is then going, ah, pressure, pressure, pressure. So, um, so yeah, I guess be prepared, but don't prepare to the point of making it stressful. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. it's so easy to overthink, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it's just just one of those things where you you know you might not ever get that opportunity again so just enjoy it just enjoy singing this for those people and and doing what you do best and and if you muck up a line here or there so be it it's not the end of the world it's not a memory test like I said like I think that's the main thing that I thought when I graduated was to get everything absolutely perfect when actually sometimes when you get an audition for the next day that is impossible unless you stay up all night, which then you're going to be tired. Then you're going to be stressed because you've not had any sleep. So, you know, if I have to look at the words once before I go in, I'm going to do that and I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I'm going to just enjoy it. And and I think that is the main difference between now and when I graduate. I'm a lot more relaxed when it comes to auditions try not to get worked up about it but yeah I mean you know in the sense of material and stuff they will ask for um stuff in particular or they'll say bring two songs they're in the style of and I will probably pick the same two songs that I always pick (laughs) regardless um but uh yeah just um just to have fun with it really that's that is how I prepare that's amazing and you spoke then about when you go into the room thinking like having certain thought patterns I really want to ask you there's a certain point where you have to have that like self-belief of like yeah I'm going in there I'm worthy of being in that room I'm gonna do my best but do you ever think yeah I'm going in there I'm going to book this job or do you think I'm gonna go in there give it my best and and see what happens because I feel like a lot of people um tell themselves they're getting it to kind of get themselves in that mind frame and get themselves in the space it's not like a cocky or arrogant thing it's just having that belief that they can get that role or or do you think it's do you know what I mean it's a really hard yeah, topic and absolutely it? like you say you've got to have you've got to have that self-belief you've got to go in with that confidence not arrogance that you you are good enough good enough I think the way that I like to look at it is um, I like to go in and I like to do my best present what I've got uh, with the thought of if I get it great if I don't 
then it's not that I'm not talented, it's just that I'm not one. And that is the thing that will has is ingrained in my brain now because it isn't it, it isn't a question of talent. Like your talent has got you to you've got you that audition because you know you're you've you've got your agent that's getting you these people want to see you. So it's it really not a question of um, how talented you are. It's just if you're right or not. And sometimes that is literally it. Do you fit the puzzle? There's going to be times where. Yes, you might think that that person that auditioned before you is a million times better than you, and yet they don't get the recall and you do, and you're baffled. You're like, but I heard I heard her sing. I heard what came out of her mouth. So you just don't know what that panel are looking for, and that is, that's how I find the comfort with it, is just knowing that it's, it's, no, it's nothing actually to do with my talent. It's just whether I'm right or not, and that's it. Um, and then that sort of takes the pressure off as well because it's completely out of your hands, really. Yeah. It really is. Like, yes, you can go in and you can do the best job, but they will either want you or they won't. And, you know, and if you think of it like that, then there's not really much else you can do other than do what you do, which is sing and act and dance. And if you're right, then great you'll know about it because <laughs> hopefully you'll get the job that's wonderful I'm so glad that you've you've shared that because it's I I'm obviously very early on in my career I'm not anywhere near the kind of level yet that that would get me in those kind of big rooms for the big auditions but my partner said to me the other day when I said I'd got an audition I was like oh, I'm gonna um go in there I I I really hope that I get it. And he said, no, you've got to believe that you're going to get it because that's self-doubt. And I said, no, I know that I'm worthy of being in that room. I work hard and I make sure that I am prepared and I'm an asset to a production team. But they could think I'm too short. They could think I'm too tall. They could think that I'm not going to fit with the rest of the cast. Like it's purely, there's so many external factors that play into it. So it's just hearing whether you need to have that. Yeah, I'm going to go in and I'm going to get it. Because I'd rather not be be happy if something did come of it, rather than feel like I set myself up and then hurt myself because I, you know they might be looking for something completely different that I'm just not yeah exactly exactly I think I don't think you know either either way is right or wrong there's there's no right or wrong way of going into it but I just think whatever way that works for you to be the less pressurized version yeah um because like you say like sometimes if you go in and you're like yeah I'm gonna get it I'm gonna get it and you don't then that's going to hurt so much more yeah. than that mindset of, okay, well, yeah, that does hurt, don't get me wrong, but I just wasn't right. I obviously just wasn't right this time. And maybe when they recast it in two years' time or whatever, I will be right. They always go in different directions, so you just never know. Like, And wait and see what happens. The world is your oyster. Everything happens for a reason. I'm a strong believer in that. And if you don't get something that you really want or love or feel like you should have gotten, there's a, there's a reason. Yeah. Either something else is coming or something was not going to work for you in that job. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm a very, very strong believer in that. There's There's been a few 
auditions in my career where I've come out of it and I've got so far and I didn't get it and I've been devastated. But then if I had got that job, I never would have done the next thing. And then the next thing is what leads to the next thing. And you think, well, if I had got that job, maybe I never would have done six. So yeah. it's just one of those things. Like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's definitely one of the biggest things I've learned in my short time in this industry is everything happens for a reason. And there's always, even if you don't see it right away, you might not be able to see it on the day of your rejection as to why you haven't got it. But a couple of months down the line or years down the line, you might be able to look back and be like, ah, that's why. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. So I want to ask you, with doing a mixture of West End and tour, what's the difference? Is there a big difference between your lifestyle when you're on tour and when you're in the West End? And what's the kind of general atmosphere of the company? Does that change when you're on tour together as opposed to just working together, like, in one place? Does does it all differ? Definitely. Um, I feel like I've sort of I've sort of done done it typically in, in reverse because a lot of people will do tours and then go into town. But I I was in town for so long um, and I loved being in town and I just thought, do you know what? I'm going to hate touring. I was such a home person. I um, the thought of being away from my home really scared me. And actually. Touring is so much fun. I love it, and I'm I'm sort of like, oh my god, what, how how did it take me so long to to experience this? Because it's brilliant. I think in the sense of in terms of like um, casts and things, obviously it depends on who you're working with. But the feeling of family is so much more on tour because you are catapulted in this life where you literally are with them 24-7 because, I mean, you, you share digs together, you you socialise together because your friends and your family from home don't come to every single venue with you. So you literally do only have these people, which is, which is great because when you get a good bunch, the the bonds that you form are so strong, so strong. Um, and not to say that they're not in town. I met two of my best friends from doing um, West End contracts. But you don't go out and socialise every night or every day. And, you know, you go to work to do your job and then you come home, whereas you're in digs on tour. So you, you tend to go out, you tend to socialise more. And, and that part of it is is really fun and really special. I mean... I've actually been off the show for a couple of days. I think I had laryngitis because I just had no voice. Like, literally, I, I felt okay. It didn't feel great, but I felt so annoyed because my body was – I wanted to go to work and I wanted to do the show. My voice was saying, no, you can't because you've got nothing. And the amount of texts I had from my cast to make sure that I was okay – if I was if I was in Cardiff yet, you know, did I need anything? It's just incredible. It's like just you're just in this bubble of security with your little family of tour people, and it's it's so lovely. And also, get sorry, I can speak for England. No, I love it. Keep going. It's, it's great. But on tour, you get to experience so many different theatres 
which we have stunning theatres in the UK, and I never knew. I never knew. Um, but also experiencing different audiences from different places is really interesting because the humour of a show changes from venue to venue. Like one week, an audience will find a certain joke absolutely hilarious, and then the next week, it will get no reaction because actually, like in different regions of the UK, people have different humours and. So it's just really interesting. It's just really, really interesting. Um, obviously, it's nice being in tour because um, being in town, sorry, because you can stay at home and you've got your home comforts and whatever. But I think there's a lot to be said for the touring. I think it's wicked. I really do. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It's so interesting that you find that there's different audiences everywhere. It makes you really feel for comedians on stand-up tours, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And that shows the importance of like working with the audience and what they give you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I don't get me wrong, in musical theatre you can't do that because there, there's a script that you have to stick to. But I mean, especially in Rock of Ages right now, there's a freedom to sort of go beyond the script for certain characters. And there's certain venues where you you can add, easily add 10 minutes to the show from, from talking to them because they just love it. And then there's other venues where they'll just go, oh, no, don't speak to me. So it's hilarious. <coughs> How are you feeling now? What have you been doing? So you said you might have had laryngitis. Obviously, that, like, is a massive thing for a performer because, like you say, you just want to go out and go to work and you can't do that. So what have you been doing to help speed up your recovery as quick as you can so you can get back to work? I was mute absolutely mute i that is the only thing that is gonna really help the the speed of things i think Uh, you can use your humidifiers and steaming and all the rest of it but actually if you're still talking it's not gonna progress as quick as you want it to um so i literally tuesday wednesday tuesday i made the phone call uh because i got up and i spoke and i was like (laughs) just air coming out so that's great so I made the phone call to my company manager and I was like I've got that voice and then that was it I I didn't speak until um, this morning actually this this morning was the first day that I um, have spoken to other humans Um, I sort of tested the waters last night when I was when I was driving um, and I thought, right, let's just sing, let's just sing some lines. And they weren't quite there yet, but they were so, so much better than where they have been. So I think, yeah, being mute really does, um, really does help. That's great. And do you think that it was maybe like tiredness and your body just telling you you just needed to like slow down a little bit or? I don't know. I, I did think that... I was going to get a second burst of Rona, which I was not impressed with, mm. um, because that's how my first lot started. I lost okay. my voice, and that was it. And then I was fine for a week, and then it hit me. However, I got a cough this time with my lost voice, and that didn't happen before. And I was like, hmm, okay, this is not, they're not quite the same. 
Um, so I think there's just a thousand and one things going around at the moment. And in the same way with Corona, it's just affecting everybody in different ways. Yeah. It's very odd. I feel now a little bit bunged up. So I, it could potentially be a cold, but normally when I get a cold, I won't lose my voice. So it's weird. It's weird, but I just think that is the world that we live in now. Can't mm. really say what it is. It just happens. Does that? Well, I'm glad that you're feeling better and your voice is back today. And I hope that you'll be back at work doing what you love very, very soon. Yes, we're going to give it a go tonight. So I'll let you know how it goes. (laughs) Yes, please do. Oh, bless you. Well, I wish you every success for this evening. Um, So as we've said, obviously, you've had an amazing career. Everyone's seen you do the most incredible shows. So... Everyone sees the yeses, but they don't often see the noes and everything that kind of happens before. They think you have this one audition and you get the yes and then that's it. But they don't see the hundreds of auditions that people have attended before. So what is your relationship like with rejection and how would you advise people manage that if they're starting out in this industry? Um you are so right you're so right about that it's one thing that I always say to my college students because I I teach at a college um, called Shark Academy and it's very easy to look at people and go well they did it they went they went straight into the West End and they did this and they did that but everybody's path is different and that is the thing to remember no two journeys are the same so for somebody that appears to have gotten a job straight away doing that there's a there's a journey that we don't see and there's you know that's not going to happen for everyone because everybody is different but also you know in the same way that like um there's just what am I trying to say there's no uh there's no like remedy there's no there's no instruction manual if you do this you will then get this job some people will go and do a, a cruise a hotel job a UK tour uh west end and then this happens and everything you know you just go from one to another to another but it's so different everybody's journeys are different and that's the main thing to remember um Dealing with no's is always going to be hard. Of course it is. Rejection is horrible. But if you have that mindset of everything happens for a reason and, um, and, and you know, believe in that, that it's not your talent, it's just that you're not right. And when the right thing comes, then it will be your time. Then I think that is easier to manage and deal with. And also just remember that there's no time limit. So... You could graduate, you could get a job straight away, great. You could graduate, you could not get a job for six months, great. You could graduate and you could not get a job for six years, great. But that person that then gets that job has never given up. And that's the main thing is that if you give up, yeah, you're never going to make it. But if you don't give up, you will get there no matter how long it takes it doesn't matter how long that job is there for you. It's just waiting for that right time. And for some people, that's straight away. And for some people, it's not. 
and it's just the way that it is. But if you don't give up, you'll get it. So hang on in there. I love that. I love that. Hang on in there because it's true. Like some people, I know someone recently who has just started their West End debut and they're in their 40s and they've worked their entire career, but they've only just now gone into the West End and it, yeah. they've worked amazing jobs all the way through their career. But people see them and they're like, oh, they're a West End performer. I'm like, but do you know how hard they've worked to get there? Like Exactly. It's exactly. Crazy. It's all. A, it's a journey. It's a process, and you learn from all of the things, and you'll learn from all of the no's. You'll learn from all of the yeses, and it just makes you more ready for when it does come. So everything, everything has its purpose, and the no's, as rubbish as they are, have their purpose. But it's fine. Get your no. Go and eat some carrot cake. Go get McDonald's, and t- tomorrow is a new day. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that. So obviously, you've got another side of the industry that you delve into with your singing and songwriting. How have you found that? Do you try and do it while you're doing this, doing your musical theatre side? Or do you kind of when you're on a break in between contract, that's when you do it? Or do you focus on that? And then you go to the West End job in the evening? (laughs) Um, yeah, it is hard because, um, again, when we're speaking about self-promotion and whatever, it's all about momentum. So if you're, so for example, on a job like Six, the momentum is like this because Six is constantly growing. Therefore, the social media momentum is growing. And then if that then gets taken away, you'll find that everything goes like that. Exactly the same with the music. So I can work and work and work and work, get the momentum building, build some, you know, build some listeners and and grow some support. But then if I go completely dead and quiet, those people are gone. People are very, um, have very short term memories. And unless you're there constantly going, hi, look at me, listen to me, I've written this song, hiya, here's another cover for you, then it's very, very easy to get forgotten about. Um, So you have to be really front-footed all the time. So as much as I can, I try and do it alongside of the musical theatre. I'm never going to be able to put the amount of time that I want to into it doing that because it's impossible. But I do try and put in as much as I can whilst I'm doing it so that the two worlds can hopefully go like this and a little bit up, that would be great. Um, But if I was to completely stop, then it would just be so much harder than to go straight back in with those same listeners and followers that you had when you stopped like six months ago when you didn't have a contract. Um, So yeah, it's hard, but it's important to try and keep pushing. That's why I know, I know I'm annoying on social media. Please save my single, please, every single day. But if you don't do it, then you're not in people's minds. And then when release date comes, nobody knows about it. So, um, so yeah, I try and do as much as I can whilst I'm on tour. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think people don't realise how clever social platforms are. They don't tend to show people the same content twice or more than once. You know, you could have been promoting something for a year and then a year on someone goes, oh, you did this? And you're like, where have you been? Yeah, I post about it all the time. Um, So yeah, it's like that constant thing of keeping yourself in people's mind, isn't it, all the time? 
Exactly. And do you know what? I did a really interesting thing, uh, not yesterday, the day before, with with pre pre-saves. So so basically it helps me as the artist. If you pre-save my single, then um, it sort of alerts Spotify that there are people interested in this song that's coming out. Hopefully, algorithm-wise, that makes more people listen to it. I don't really understand the ins and outs, but I know that it's a good thing. So I put that on my story most days, most days, pre-save, pre-save, pre-save. Um, and obviously, Instagram is where I have majority of my followers. The other day, I put um, a I put the link on Facebook on a six fan page, and I said, "Hey, Queendom, you know, please help me out here." And the amount of people that were like, "Oh my goodness, amazing, yeah, brilliant, done." And about 30 people did it from this link. And I thought, that's so interesting because I know that at least 20 of those people follow me on Instagram. But they haven't seen it. Yeah. They haven't seen it on Instagram. It, this is like brand new information that's come from Facebook. So it's just, um, it's really, it's crazy how it works. It's crazy how it works. And you think, I've got X amount of followers, but it actually only reaches maybe 10% if that if that yeah yeah it's um it's mental and you've got a single coming out on Thursday the 27th is that right yeah so it's Friday the 27th Friday the 27th I'm always like midnight on the Thursday I knew there was a Thursday in there somewhere (laughs) tell us about your single I'm really excited about it uh, I'm I'm so excited for this one. I'm not gonna lie. I think this might be my favourite one yet. Um, I wrote it with my really good friend Adam Gillian, who's in Moulin Rouge at the moment. He's my writing buddy. Absolutely adore him. Um, we wrote it ages ago, and um, we sort of we didn't do anything with it. It was just one of those songs that we wrote. We put it to the side. And I was doing uh, a gig with Frankie, uh, my guitarist and my girlfriend. Uh, we were opening for uh, a guy called Jake Morell, who's a country artist, and we were doing a little acoustic set for him. And we were getting songs together for that. And I was going through, basically, all my videos of all the songs that I've written, just to see if there was anything that I fancied doing that was new. Um, and I listened to Fly, and I was like... Yeah, this will be cute, actually. Like, Frankie, what do you think of this one? And she was like, yeah, this will be great. So we did it. And um, hilarious, I forgot the words, because it's <laughs> not one that I've before. Uh, it was so funny. And I was looking at Adam, and he was in, in the audience. And I was like, Adam, what are the words? How does it start? And he was like, mate, I don't even remember writing this song. Uh. <laughs> like, how little we'd done with it. Um, anyway, played it, went down, it went down a tree. So we added it to my set list for my EP launch. Uh, not that it was on the EP, but we were like, this will sound sick with a full band, I reckon. And, oh my God, putting it with a band and adding all the extra things, I it was, it was honestly like a different song. And I thought, oh my God, this is like a proper summer banger here that we've got. Um and so that was it. We decided to release that as the next single. Um, and basically, the message behind it is to just 
forget what society says um, and go on your own path. It, it doesn't matter if you don't follow the rules or, you know, be stereotypical, none of that. Whatever makes you happy, do that because that's the most important thing in life is to just be happy. And so, so yeah, it's just all about, you know, saying no. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I'm, yes, in life, there's a timeline that people follow. And normally, you do this by this age and this by this age. No, sod it. I don't want to. Sorry, I'm not, I shouldn't say that. Oh, no, no, that was fine. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to live life my way and you're going to be okay with it. And that's what Fly is about. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited for everybody to hear it. I'm excited to listen because I love that social expectation thing. I mean, I, I'm seeing it more and more at the minute and it's driving me crazy. So I'm so glad that people are using their art to kind of share that message. Yeah, definitely. I think it's such an important thing. Um, you know, we've been programmed to to basically be like, yeah, okay, I'll be married by the time I'm 30 and I'll have kids by the time I'm whatever and I, if I don't have a successful job by this point, then I've failed. No, 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 no. Do what you want to do. There's no right or wrong, absolutely no right or wrong. You just live life how you want to live it and that is, that's good enough. It's so funny because I've that when on my it was my third year project. You know when you have to do your third year projects at drama school. Mine was actually to do with that. I wrote a play called Due Date, and it was all about like by the time you're thirty, feeling like you've got to have got a family and settle down and have a house and have the job. And it's so typical. And when I was doing the research on it, I was like, more art needs to be made about this because actually it's a really serious. Thing, so I'm so excited and I love that when you put it with the band it gave you that like feeling yeah yeah it was just one of those ones where we were like oh, this is it this is it this is the one so um yeah I just hope people could really really enjoy it and get behind it and um because it's just it's like it's one to blast up in your car sing your little heart out in the sun just drive and be free and I just I just can't wait (laughs) so where do people go to if they want to listen to it obviously all the links are in the show notes guys so if you are struggling to work out where you can find the link they are in the show notes of this episode but where can people go um so uh right now you can pre-save it by clicking the link in my bio on instagram um and that will that will be a pre-save on Spotify, but also you don't have to have Spotify. You can just enter your email and then basically you'll be reminded on the 27th that it, hi, new music from me, please listen. Um, and when it's out on the 27th, you can listen to it on absolutely everything. Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, YouTube, TikTok, whatever. It will be everywhere. Um and uh, yeah, just if you purchase it on iTunes, that helps me climb the charts. So that's really exciting. Right, so secrets of the music industry. Basically, what you need to do to help an artist is buy it on iTunes and then only listen to it on Apple Music or Spotify. It's ridiculous, but 
it's very helpful for me. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, I feel like it's so um, underestimated, but people just even sharing the work and which is something you can do for free to help any artist you can literally share their stuff and the more people that see it each time that is such a massive effect yeah 100% 100% share 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 if you like it anyway if you hate it I'm not don't bother (laughs) (laughs) if you like it share it with everybody because those extra two people that you play it to, then they might, you know, play it to two more people or whatever. And and then before you know it, you've got 10 more listeners. And, you know, for an independent artist, that's a lot. Um, so, yeah, I'd be very grateful if you do like it. Spread the love. Absolutely. So please do go and support. So if you are struggling, the link is in the show notes of this episode. So go check that out. Before we finish off today, I want to just say a massive thank you for taking the time out of your day to come on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Oh, it's been wonderful chatting to you. And on a very selfish note, I've loved every second of it. Um, I'm sure the <laughs> listeners will have as well, but I've loved it. Um, so I would just like to say, obviously, you are currently working at Sharp Academy as a teacher and you're also the artistic director at Sharp Academy and you have a massive um, effect on pupils everyone who kind of guides these artists in their journey has a massive impact so what would your advice be to those aspiring out artists what's the one piece of advice that you think will just put them in good stead the one piece of advice um can I go to two pieces? Yeah, of go for it. The two main things is to never give up because, like we said before, if you don't give up, you'll get there no matter how long it takes. And then number two is that it's not nothing to do with your talent. It is just if you're right for it or not. So, so don't take it personally. As hard as it is, trust Trust in yourself, believe in yourself, be your biggest supporter and know that everything happens for a reason. And if you're not right, you're not right. You'll be right for something else. It's coming. Just hang tight. Amazing. That's wonderful advice. Vicky, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I've loved it. It's been wonderful. All of Vicky's links and social links are also in the notes of this episode. So if you want to follow Vicky, which I'd highly recommend, keep up with her work, go support her single. You can find all the links in the show notes below. Thank you everyone to listening. Thank you again, Vicky. And um, thank you to everyone at home. This has been Performer Talks and I've been your host, Bethany Unwin. Thank you so much for listening to Performer Talks. You can head to the link in our show notes to download your free copy of Performing Arts Mag now. You can also head to the show notes to get in touch with Bethany at the Performer Journals on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to head to Spotify or iTunes where you can leave us a review. A review helps make the industry more accessible by releasing our podcast to more performers and helping them get the help they need for free. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day.